0: fusion amplifying truth and pursuing clarity it's kevin mccullough radio well in the midst of a lot of other big stories there was some action at the supreme court this week that was also very very important the uh can the president through executive action forgive student loan uh debt uh case got there and uh, the oral arguments have uh, been made and uh, now we are uh, going kind of rummaging through them to see uh, what uh, what happened and how it all came down. Jack Fitzhenry is a legal fellow at the Meese Center at the Heritage Foundation. Jack, uh, you know, this this is kind of a sleeper story because there's lots of other things, Ukraine and East Palestine and a lot of other stuff going on, but they did hear two cases on Tuesday and the implications would be rather significant. Tell us what happened.
1: Uh, yes, the, the implications of this case certainly are significant in long term because of course they're gonna tell us something about the nature of presidential and executive power, right? Uh, Uh, President Biden has fundamentally asserted that he has the authority to forgive over $400 billion in student loans without involving Congress directly in that cancellation decision. Now, the the president has asserted that this old statute, this 2003 HEROES Act, um, is actually Congress's authorization for this kind of action. He claims that this statute provides him with emergency authority to help out student loan borrowers, that the COVID-19 pandemic is and remains an emergency that he can invoke to access these emergency powers and that therefore he and the secretary of education can uh, you know, take care of borrowers debt without further consulting Congress. So that was the issue before the high court this Tuesday. We had two separate but related cases that uh, brought the issue. Uh, one was by a coalition of six states, mostly uh, with Republican leadership. The other case was brought by two private borrowers who are receiving either partial forgiveness or no forgiveness at all. Um, And they have different reasons why they think they have the entitlement to be in court and make the argument, but their merits arguments are the same, which is to say that um, debt cancellation, especially on this scale is a major question. Uh, You can't do it alone, Mr. President, you have to involve Congress. Um, And that even if you have, Some authority to forgive debt without Congress's involvement, you have way overextended this program to include millions of borrowers who really are not in need of this kind of relief.
0: Those are all those all sound like very reasonable um, arguments. But let me let me ask a a much more simple one. Uh, He believes that he has the power and that he and the Secretary of Education can do this. But where in the Constitution does it say that the President or the, or the Department of Education have anything to say about appropriations? And in essence, what he has done is he has given money from the Treasury to people that he didn't have the right to give it to.
1: Right. So, of course, the Constitution clearly vests the power of spending and appropriation in Congress and in Congress alone. So the short yeah. answer is that... The president has no constitutional authority to interfere with or make appropriations to spend money, right? He, he that power was intentionally separated out from the executive and given by the founders to the legislative branch alone. Now, of course, Congress authorized student loans in general. So the president is taking the view that, you know, Congress already made the authorization for the loans, um, and that no further appropriation is required now to forgive them. But of course, by mass cancellation, he's changing the very nature of that original funding grant.
0: He's taking something that is basically Lend-Lease, which is college uh, funding, and they're going to pay it back as they go along with their uh, uh, careers after school, uh, supposedly. And he's just saying, no, all forgiven. Uh, and that actually detrimentally impacts our bottom line to operate the government, does it not? We, we depend on those payments coming in so that we can do certain things that uh, those monies are allocated for?
1: It does indeed. I mean, this is, you know, the the federal government is not exempt from the considerations that tend to govern the books and balances of private businesses, right? And if you have loans out there, you're expecting income in the future. You're expecting the money back and you're expecting it with interest. And the federal government operates in the same basic Financial principles, right? These are yeah. loans. Uh, they, the student loan program does generate a considerable amount of revenue for the federal government. Um, and, and to see, you know, this percentage, I mean, the, the total extant amount of student debt in the United States is $1.6 trillion. So you're talking about an enormous chunk of that, that is simply about to disappear off the books. And you know, that revenue has to come from somewhere. Uh, it will be made up somewhere, and it'll likely be in the form of taxes on the general population. Whether or Jack not Fitzhenry, uh, real quickly,
0: final question: um, They just heard the arguments. When are they likely to decide, and when we when would we get the decision?
1: We're probably going to be waiting a few months. So this is relatively late in the term for an argument. It Maybe July. case of uh, June, July at the latest.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's helpful to know. Jack Fitzhenry of the Heritage Foundation, thanks for helping us understand it. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. You can go find out more at heritage.org. He's written a great piece unpacking the oral arguments against Biden's student loan cancellations. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Kelsey Bowler of the Independent Women's Forum joins me next.